0: Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached.
1: I've got a really amazing word from my heart that I feel God wants to share with us this morning. So I'm just going to pray first and then we can dive into it. Father, thank you for your presence here today, Lord. Lord, it's because of you that we can stand here because of you, Father God, that we have the ability to serve. It's because of you, Father, that, that we can really just see your kingdom come, Father. But Lord, I want to honor you this morning. I want to give you all the praise. I want to give you all the glory. For you are good. And you are amazing. Thank you for who you are. Amen. Um, okay, so you guys can open with me. So long in Genesis 39, we're gonna talk about uh, Joseph a little bit today. Okay, so the story of Joseph, we we see it starting in Genesis 37, where uh, Jacob. Jacob is is showing favor towards Joseph, and then Joseph. um, Sorry, my throat's a bit dry. But then Joseph has dreams, and he starts telling these dreams to his brothers and to his parents, and they get upset with him. And so, one day when when Joseph was sent to his brothers out in the field, his brothers saw him coming, and they're like, okay, here's the opportunity, let's kill this, this kid. Let's get this little frustration out of our lives, and then uh, everything will go better. But then one of the brothers, uh, God leads him, and he says, no, wait, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in one of these cisterns, like these big empty holes, and then uh, we'll tell our father he's dead. And he had the intention of coming back, helping him out later, and then getting to safety. But as they were sitting there, a group of Ishmaelites came past, now these guys were basically big traders. Um, they traded in anything, so they were like, "No, here's an opportunity. Let's make some money. Like, if we're going to do something, let's make money while we're at it." So they sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites. Um, I think it was worth twenty pieces of silver. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think about the, around there. And then, so in, in Genesis 39, we're picking up that story as Joseph is now arriving in Egypt. So it says, I'm going to read until verse 9, and it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt by the Ishmaelites, and Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. And the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his whole household. He entrusted to his care everything he earned. From the time he put him in charge of his household, all that he earned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, and of Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And so here we see like a story that's that's starting to to take place, a story that's starting to unravel a little bit in front of our eyes. Okay? So Joseph comes into into Potiphar's house and he just starts serving there. Now, the first thing I want you guys to, to realize is that Joseph had like two choices here. Right? He could firstly be like, I am here, I have to serve, I'll just do it, get my job over and done with, and hopefully just survive. Hopefully I'll just get through everything, make sure that this guy's happy, and my, my fellow servants, uh, they're happy, and we've got some sort of a relationship. Or the second option is, he could get in there and he could serve 100% completely the whole time, full out. He could serve his master as he would serve God. And in this, we can see that Joseph chose the second. He chose to serve the Egyptian master. He chose to serve Potiphar as he would serve God. And we see this. He says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. And when his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes. And if we go to that, we can see that, firstly, Joseph prospered, and because he lived in the house of the Egyptian master, that favor he received from God was tangible. Right? It was tangible to a point where Potiphar could actually see it. He could see there's something different about this this young guy. There's something different about how he talks to me. There's something different about how he serves. There's something different about how he interacts with the rest of his servants. But at the same time, these acts proclaimed God. But Joseph, in that, he also had to proclaim God of his words. And why do I say that? Because in that time, Potiphar... I can almost guarantee you he didn't know who the the Lord of the Jews were. He was just like, so he had to in some way know this was the Lord of the Jews. This was Yahweh. This wasn't just another Egyptian god or another entity that's blessing this man. There's something more here. So by Joseph talking about it and Joseph living God. What if you could see, wow. I I have to start, I have to start uh, giving this man a little bit more attention because I, I need to understand what's going on here. But the the thing we don't always realize is that Joseph had to get that knowledge of God from somewhere, he had to get that knowledge of God in some way and at how Abraham taught Isaac, Isaac taught Jacob about the Lord. One of the greatest things you do as parents, children, every stage of life, give them. One day you're gonna get out of the parents, they're gonna to go to university, they're gonna to go to work start their own family, and the only thing they can take with them is the knowledge of God that was carried over to them. That place where you can't protect your children anymore, you have to either give them over to the world and see what happens, or have a genuine personal relationship with God installed in them. But the reality for us is we can only give what we have received. If we, ourselves, don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there's no way we can carry it over to our kids. Yes, we can send them to youth. Yes, they can come to church. But if they can see their parents living the gospel, there's something different that happens. It's, it's a teacher, it's like a, it's like a teacher that's in front of them, and they can understand oh, this is actually how I'm supposed to do this. And I've tried it this way, but this doesn't work. So let me try it that way. Oh, my parents are doing it this way. This is how I can serve God more. And it's something we have to carry over to our kids because, like I said, our kids are not always just going to be under our roofs. We're not always going to be able to protect the ones we love. And I think the biggest favor that my mom and my dad did towards me was teach me about Jesus. Because when I came into Johannesburg in 2014 and everyone everything was chaos around me, and I was on my own. I didn't really know people. I had a little bit of family. But in that moment I had to I had to make a choice. Am I going to Just fold and just be like, well, let's see what everyone else does. But my foundation was not Jesus, because that's what my parents taught me. Because of that, I could grow in what God is calling me to do. I could grow to a point where I can stand in front of all of you and, and actually speak and actually proclaim the word of God, where in previous times I wouldn't have been able to do this. If you asked me to do this, say, in 2015, I would have laughed at you. i would be like, huh, joke, and I would have moved on. But there's a place where we have to surrender our kids to God, or we have to surrender them to the world, and we have to make that choice. And then, secondly, when it says when his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Now I want to ask you guys a question. And you don't have to answer it towards me. You don't have to answer it towards anyone else. But I want to ask you a question. When you walk into a room, do people know that you serve Jesus? Is there something else? different about you. And I'm not talking about just close friends. I'm talking about colleagues. I'm talking about a God that comes in once a week. If I go to him today and I ask him, do you know this person is a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, will he say yes or no? Because there's something that God does in our lives when Jesus comes into our hearts and we have a living relationship with Jesus Christ and we walk with Jesus, there's something that changes about us. It changes about our demeanor, the way we speak to people, the way we act towards people, the way we handle situations reflects what is going on in our hearts. And can we as a church here this morning for certain say? That when we walk into a room or when we walk into a difficult situation, those people know there's something different about us. If not, we have to start searching our hearts. We have to start asking ourselves very hard questions about what can we do differently. How can we approach God more? How can we deepen in our relationship with Jesus Christ? And then it goes on and it says that Potiphar put him in charge of his household, entrusted to him everything he earned. From that time he put, in, from that time he put him in charge of his household, and of all that he earned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. And that's, a, that's such an amazing thing that we can see, that if we are in a living relationship with Jesus Christ, if we go and step into a workplace, that workplace should be blessed. If we step into a, a new friend group, that friend group should be blessed because of Jesus inside of us. And the reality is, not many Christians can say that that's the truth. Not many people who say, I have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, can say, my workplace is blessed, not because of anyone else, but because I am there. You know, what I want you guys to see, and this is something that we often get wrong, is that we want our, we want our CEO to change first. Or we want the, the, the head of our, the, the popular person, our friend group, to change first. But we don't see in Scripture that Potiphar changed at all. Potiphar didn't come to salvation. Potiphar didn't <laughs> stop worshipping the gods of Egypt. Yet, God blessed him. Not because of Potiphar, but because of Joseph. And so many times, we look at the situation and we're like, nothing's happening. Nothing is happening. I am doing my best, I'm giving my all, I am proclaiming Jesus where I can, but I'm not seeing anything happening. And with the scripture, I did a bit of research, and you can see that Joseph served in Potiphar's house for 11 years. It never, say, it doesn't say that after two days, Joseph was promoted, he got his, his uh, he got his new clothes, he got everything he needed, he was sorted. It was the process of Joseph having to serve faithfully, day by day, year by year, until his master saw, until God gave him that, that ability to step into a role that God had for but it wasn't an instant thing. And the the problem with the world today is that it's a consumer relationship. We want McDonald's lifestyle. We want to drive in at one end, stay there for like two months. Okay, I don't have a promotion. Okay, I'm done. CEO, cheers, man. Move on. Okay, next one. And we don't realize that we have to be faithful to God even in the tough times. Let's, let's be honest I can guarantee you Joseph's life in, in Pharaoh's house wasn't like all amazing and everything is awesome and, and everyone, everyone just likes him instantly no he had to build relationships he had to spend time with the people and that's one of the things that we often get I almost want to say we, we are afraid to do We're afraid to say, you know what, I'm going to let people into my space. Because if people are in my space, they can learn from me as I learn from God. Because it says that, um, I just want to get it clear. The Lord was with Joseph, so he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. He lived in the house with everyone 24-7, constantly. Now, I'm not saying open a commune and get like 20 people into your space and now you're like one happy family. I'm not saying that. Okay? I know most people are running away when I say that. Okay? Some people, they're comfortable with it. But all I'm trying to encourage you guys is we have to let people into our houses, our work colleagues, our friends, that parent from my, my my child's school that I chat to do a little bit, but not too often because uh, maybe we establish a connection. I don't really want like that deep connection yet. We don't, we we shouldn't be afraid to let people into our space because that's where we can have the deeper conversation. It's not always easy to that work. Group. Everyone's grabbing a coffee, and now you're jumping in the into the coffee room. Do you guys know Jesus? You know? How is everyone going to react? Like, um, <laughs> okay, weirdo. <laughs> no. Right? Or when we're at school, they're on the, they're on the during break, on the, on the school grounds, you just jump into a group and be like, Jesus, everyone, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The kids are going to be like, What are you doing? Right? But we have to let people into our space. And sometimes it's difficult because we don't always see eye to eye with everyone. We don't always agree with what everyone says or, or how they react towards things. And some people are massive perfectionists, and every, someone else is like, Nah, if everything lays on the ground, it's fine. You know? Let's just do chaos. Are you guys okay with that? Let's go. Right? It's difficult. We're dealing with human beings here. Everyone is different. Believe me, I know this. Personal experience. When you get married, you have to, like, figure stuff quickly out. Right? Because now there's someone in your space the whole time. Okay? But the question that I want to ask you guys and I want to lay it in front of you is is your space blessed because you are there? Because that's something that we have to take into the world. Right? The Lord says we are lights that have to be put on top of a lampstand. And we have to shine Jesus to the people around us so that people can see that there's something bigger than just their average lifestyles, just home, work, and there's no relationship. Because God wants people to come to Him. God wants to meet with people. God wants to just engage with people. And if we say, that we are Christians, if we say that we are living, we have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, we have to take that life into the workplace. And then, the other thing I want you guys to see is that one of the biggest misconceptions in Christianity ever and I've seen this so many times, is that people think that when you give your heart to the Lord, when you're in a living relationship with God, everything is just amazing. Right? When you step into a living relationship with Jesus Christ, the the sky is blue, the birds are chirping, everything is amazing. Am I correct? Right? that's That's how it is. Okay? Well, if we look at Joseph... He gave his heart to the Lord. He had a living relationship with God, yet he was sold into slavery. He had a living relationship with God, yet he was a slave to Potiphar. And if we go a bit further, yes, he had a living relationship with God, but he was still tempted. If we look at, um, let's go to verse... end of verse 6, beginning of verse 7, and it says, Now Joseph was well built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. He still experienced temptation, just like all of us. But yet, when we give our hearts to the Lord, we are of the idea that now everything must just be amazing. My relationship with my wife is brilliant. My relationship with my friends is just like going awesome. We'll never fight ever. Me and my wife will never fight ever. You know, that's a lie. Okay? It doesn't work like that. But yet, in the middle of all of that, Joseph still took the trust he had in God, and he said, Lord, I trust you enough to serve where I'm at. To serve you, even though I'm in slavery. To serve you, even though everything I love was taken away from me. Because he had such an amazing life when he was with Jacob. He had his multicolored robe. He never worked a day in his life. It was amazing. And then everything fell away. Now our natural response to that would be, Lord, why do you hate me? Why do you want to punish me by taking everything I love away from me? Taking me away from my family? But Joseph was like, no. Yes, everything is taken away from me. Yes. I just lost everything that's important to me. But God. I still have God. And he served God as though Everything is still the same thing. him, and the favor God had, had upon his life was there, so that he could prosper, so that he could proclaim the gospel, so that people can get saved. But what I want you guys to see is, this wasn't a tit for tat relationship between Joseph and God. This wasn't a thing of, okay, Lord, you give me favor, I will serve you. But if the favor is gone, the serving, uh-uh. No, no, I'm sick for the next me- I'm sick. Like the year, uh, I'm in my bed now. Okay? Because I've read many a commentary on this on this piece during the week. And most of them want to create that image. But if we look just a little bit further, he He refuses Potiphar's wife. And then he goes on and he says, No one in this house, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? You realize there that he's not saying, how can I do such a wicked thing and sin against Potiphar? How can I do such a wicked thing and uh, interrupt my t- transaction with God at the moment? The favor is there. I just have to do my part. Doesn't say that. He says, "How can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God?" Because in all of the prosperity that he was that he was having, he knew that there was only one one person above it all and that's God and that makes it a non you can, you can see that that's a non-transactional relationship even though joseph knew that if he doesn't sleep with Potiphar's wife everything is taken away from him again he honored God can we say that today that if we come into that place where our CEO or someone in our lives offers us a massive amount of money and says, All you need to do is this, and you know that's going against God, are we going to take the money and just be like, I'll repent later? Or are we going to say, Lord, I choose you above all? Even though I don't have finances and I actually needed money quite. I need it right now. I need that money. I'm going to trust you for that money instead of the world. And we go on and we see at the end of the scripture, so I just want to fall in from verse 19. So now, Joseph has once again rejected Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife has grabbed his cloak And he ran away. She kept a cloak. She told Potiphar that this is what this slave of yours wanted to do with me. But I screamed. I screamed and he ran away. And you can see how the deception comes in there. And yet, Joseph still stays true to God. So it goes on in in verse 19 It says, When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness, granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. You see what's happening here? Just as in Potiphar's house, the Lord is still with Joseph. And the Lord is still with Joseph in prison. And the reality is, is that when, when that CEO tells you, okay, you didn't do what I wanted you to do, because apparently uh, God is a bit bigger than I am at the moment, and he fires you, you take that blessing to the next place you, you find work, because God is going to create work for you you take that blessing to the next place, and they receive the blessing of the Lord. We don't have to fear man. We don't have to fear the fact that maybe we should hold on to the job because we'll never have it again. But I'm going to do all these things that we know is against God's Word. Or maybe in, in school, your, your teacher asks you to do something, and you know, actually, this is not, this is not according to the Word. And now you're getting detention for five months. Because you didn't want to do what she asked you. Or he asked you. But the reality is, is that we have God's favor upon us. And we have to start living God's favor. Because fear of man is a real thing. It's absolutely a real thing. We're afraid to say, Lord, give me opportunities to speak to my co-workers. Because if he gives them to you and you have to speak to that co-worker, things are going to get a bit awkward. Or say, Lord, give me opportunities to speak to my friends, to pray for my friends. And then on a during break or even in classroom, God says, just go tell that person I love. And then we're like, oof, awkward, wait. But the Lord is with us. So what is withholding us from living out the Lord's favor in our lives? What is withholding us from showing people who God is? And then I want to come back. Is your workplace, is your classroom, is your friend's space blessed because you are there? Because if it's not, we have a problem. And we have to go search your heart and we have to go sit before God and be like, Lord, how can I love you more? How can I overcome the fear of man? How can I overcome my shyness? And we have to start trusting for boldness. As Joseph had boldness even to speak to his master about God. So if the band can come up for us. Um, yeah, I'm just going to give over to any.
0: Um, I just want to encourage you, let's let's stand. Um, As Devot was sharing, Joseph ended up in many places. He went from the pit where his brothers threw him, he went to Potiphar's house as a slave. From there, he was thrown into prison. And from there we know from later chapters he went to the palace. So from the pit to Potiphar's house, to the prison, to the palace. Lots of different places. And, and we tend to, like, like David was saying, we tend to want to find the places where we can be blessed. But if God is with us, we won't have to follow the blessing. We won't have to find a place to be blessed. We will take the blessing with us. Because like God says to Abraham, I'll bless you to be a blessing. I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing. And if you know, it's, it's not about who you are and what you do primarily. It's, it's about who's with you. It's not about what places you are. It's about who's with you in those places. Is God with you wherever you go? Now, wouldn't you love to be able to experience God's blessing wherever you are, no matter what place you are? Wouldn't you love for your children to be able to experience God's blessing wherever they are. And that can only happen if God is with us. that That is the key, God's presence. Then we won't have to follow God's blessing, but God's blessing will follow us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.org.